Hey, it's Tori. And before we get to today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you are about to listen to a Patreon exclusive. What does that mean? I have a Patreon community, which is a paid membership where you get access to an additional episode every week, as well as a Discord community, etc. So I'm going to walk you through what all of that means before you listen to the episode, just in case you really like what you hear and want to join me on Patreon. So in the ready to be pettier tier for five US dollars a month, you get a patron shout out from me on the main feed. You get all of the Patreon only episodes, including this one. They come out every Thursday. So you'll get your Sunday episode on the main feed, your Thursday Patreon episode, and you get access to the RTBP Discord community. We chat about celebrity gossip. We share this week in petties. We nominate pettyweight champions of the week and we just overall hang out. It's a super fun community and it lets you, you know, discuss the episodes with other RTBP listeners and chat with me. What you can expect from the extra episodes are spicier takes, continuation of topics from the public episodes, deep dives, etc. And I've been able to be a little bit more creative uh, with the Patreon episodes because, you know, we don't have the kind of schedule, the outline like we do on the Sunday main feed episodes. So you can kind of envision these are like my bonus episodes, but they will be more regular every Thursday. On the ready to be pricey tier, which is 10 US dollars a month, you get all of the same benefits as the ready to be pettier tier, but you also get a personalized card from me in the mail, little love note, and then you get a this month in petty, which is like a happy hour style video call on Discord with me, either solo or with previous guests that I've had on the podcast. If you're interested in joining Patreon, you can check it out at patreon.com slash RTBP podcast. A playlist original. It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode. I am so glad you're here, patrons. I feel like we need like a fun little um, title for the RTBP patron community. I'm sure, I don't know, we'll think of something or something will come up eventually. But I'm so excited that you're here. Tell me how things are going. This is our third episode. So I just want to make sure that I'm making everybody happy. I'm a I'm a people pleaser and that, you know, you feel like you're getting what you paid for and are are happy with it. So let me know. I batched out the first three episodes, but episode four and beyond um, are going to be recorded like the week of or within two weeks. So I wanted to let you know that. And like I asked in the last Patreon episode, what do you want to hear in these intros and outros? I 
I'm super down to, you know, add in different things that you suggest. So let me know. I am so excited for this episode because I am joined with one of my best friends from high school. So somebody that I've known for, you know, over half my life. And she's so important to me. She's a singer songwriter. She goes by Kenzie Cates. And we are talking about celeb feuds where one party wrote a song about another one and then there was like a rebuttal. So we started out recording this and we started with the Taylor Swift feuds, which you're going to hear today. And it was like an hour and a half recording. So I was like, hey, girl, we got to pause Uh, Let's do our special announcement and then you can come on another Patreon episode and we'll do all of the other people like Brittany and Justin, Ed Sheeran and Ellie Goulding, like those people another time. So Kenzie will be back. Uh, But today we're going to focus on our favesies, Taylor Swift. If you have any suggestions about singers who have these call and response songs, let us know. We are going to do Ed Sheeran and Ellie Goulding. We're going to do Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, Nick Jonas, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, and Olivia Rodrigo, Sabrina Carpenter, and Joshua Bassett. But if you have any other suggestions, just like let us know. I know that there's some that we didn't cover because we didn't super know about them, like Mariah Carey and Eminem, but just hit us up and we'll see if we can include it. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's time to get to the show. Here is my conversation with Kenzie Cates. I'm back with a very special guest, Kenzie Cates, singer, songwriter, a friend of mine for like over a decade. Kenzie, how are you? Hi, Tor. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to record this. I feel like it's been such a long time coming. I feel like it's like been gestating for a good nine <laughs> months now. She's ready to come Literally, out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're like locking this down. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Let's tell the listeners, we can get into like what you do professionally, but let's tell the listeners how we met. I don't even think I know. I can't even remember like the origin. I remember like hearing about you for a long time from our <laughs> high school friends when we were in like grade. I wonder what grade, what grade were you in? Do you remember? I think I was in 10 and you were in nine. Okay. Okay. So I, I remember, I guess, then being in grade nine and like hearing your name and like it was this girl from Sahali. <laughs> I was like, who is this mystery woman? And I remember like because of just like everything about high school and my own undiagnosed depression, I just like <laughs> I just like remember being mentally prepared to not like you because I just was like that's uh, that's legally how it works when you meet a new girl in high school and then I remember meeting you and like instantly being like oh no unfortunately I will not be able to dislike her I have to she's she's irresistible oh oh my god so like did we meet at a party or did we meet I think I was just like brought to your house I feel like maybe really (laughs) (laughs) that's such a funny way of putting it I actually have no idea I just it was I feel like it was around the time of like some coach house parties Mm -hmm. my parents had this like yeah those honestly I saw some pictures the other day and I was like man those actually slapped like 
Yeah. They were, they were very fun. <laughs> Whenever I went to your house with the coach house, I felt like I was like, not in Gossip Girl, but like, <laughs> did you ever read the Gossip Girl books that were the spinoff that were like in the countryside? Yeah, like the Carlisles or something? Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. That's what I felt like. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, that's... baby. I felt like baby Carlisle or whatever. Like... <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, you've been brought up twice on this podcast the first was when (laughs) we did an instagram live like literally march 20th like 2020 like day four of the pandemic (laughs) yeah when i was like i'm gonna do a live like every day to keep the listeners like listening it worked your dad was extremely (laughs) (laughs) and then it was my parents listening and i was like maybe this isn't a good idea they got a kick out of it but yeah No one else did, apparently. But um, we did an Instagram Live when Kanye West released... Or no, somebody... Yeah, somebody... No, somebody released the Taylor Swift unedited full-length phone calls about Famous. Right. It wasn't Kim? Well, I don't know who leaked it. I I, I still don't think we know. Oh, okay. Which could have been like maybe the origin of this this podcast, which we'll get into. But the other time is Lindsay, our mutual friend, was on a few weeks ago and we were talking about our first jobs <laughs> and we talked about the keg. <laughs> maybe I'll bleep that out. But like how you two would just like eat the dessert instead of like working. We like- were disgusting and everyone <laughs> fucking hated us. <laughs> so bad actually you know what I think Lindsay I don't know I think I can point to some very specific behaviors that made her far less hateable than me like I would literally be in the salad bar and I would like take my (laughs) bare finger and just raw dog it and like wipe it across the cheesecake container that had like cheesecake wiped (laughs) off on the sides and put it in my mouth and the servers would be like are you fucking kidding me? Like they hated me so much. And actually some friends from Kamloops are now dating like a person who is my manager. (laughs) And when she told me, I was like, no, (laughs) he hates me so much. And then I was at spin the other day because she was teaching a spin class. And like, he was there with his friend who was the other manager from the keg who was like the one person who was nice to me. Like, I'm sure he hated me too, but I think for some reason he took pity on me because <laughs> I was so pathetic. He was like literally every... Do you know what they told me one time? What? I'm scared there was like to know. a log book. Oh, and they yeah. said that it was just like dedicated to me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like... Servers being like, Kenzie fucked everything up again tonight. Well, day four of Kenzie fucking just, like eating dessert with her fingers and then. Like... And then leaving. Like, yeah. Like... yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. It's so funny. But like, honestly, you two were hated, but like, weren't the other people taking their jobs way too seriously? I, I feel like I don't remember, honestly. I feel like everyone was just like older and like did in fact require the income (laughs) to survive (laughs) yeah i'm like i'm like were they too serious or were they following food safe guidelines (laughs) is one better than the other i don't know (laughs) like are they narcs either way yes (laughs) but there were i guess there were some people our age and they did not take it seriously but they were men so it didn't matter 
Yeah, true. <laughs> they don't have the pressures of women in the workforce. No, they don't know. They were making, I was making 70 cents every one of their salad <laughs> <Yeah>. bar dollars. <laughs> oh my god they don't know anything about work or suffering (laughs) it was honestly i'm gonna claim misogyny every time this comes up in the future i'll be like yeah they just hated me at the keg because i was a woman and i didn't conform to traditional and it was a steakhouse like it was it was a patriarchal place it was like a per it was like the perfect manifestation of the patriarchy and they just hated me because i refused to fit in (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it was one of those places where you were like required to wear heels. Yeah, and everyone did just like slut it up a little bit, which I love. <laughs> yeah, but I'm yeah, also like, yeah. I wish you didn't have that choice forced upon. It's like, it's like a, a bit coerced. Like you don't have to do it, but also like the alternative to not doing it is like you make less money. Money, so. totally. Ugh. <laughs> the highs and lows Fuck. of working in the restaurant industry. <laughs> but um, thank goodness. You're not still working at the keg. For now. (laughs) (laughs) You are also a singer-songwriter. Yeah, I'm trying to be a pop songwriter too. I love it. I love it. And I love your music. So I was at home this weekend with my parents and I was picking up sushi Mm -hmm. as we were talking about before we started recording. (laughs) And um, they were sitting in the car and I just put Spotify on to all your songs and I was like, while I get the sushi, listen to Kenzie's songs. Like, <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Headphones out, phones down. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were like obsessed with black magic. Okay. Gen X fucking loves <laughs> black magic. And I think it's because the producer that made it was, well, I guess I've worked with other producers who are Gen X, but. I think he has sensibilities that are very mm. much of that time. And like my my honestly, my mom's friends are like my biggest fans on Spotify. I like every time I post on Facebook, it's like my mom's friends who are like in their 50s and 60s that are like, go Kenzie, shoot yes. the stars. Yes. <laughs> They're like so supportive. Literally nothing hypes you up like the comment section of your mom's post about you for your no. birthday. <laughs> like, like. Yeah. My mom doesn't have Facebook, but her friends do. So we don't need her as an intermediary. They just go, they go straight to the source. <laughs> I love that. And they're very really sweet. That. So tell the listeners a little bit like about your music and what you've got going on. Well, I got, I almost said recently, I've been saying I recently got a grant for the last like year and a half now. (laughs) Canada has actually like a great public fund for music recording. It's like millions of dollars that they um, give out to Canadian musicians each year. And so I was, I didn't get a million of their dollars. I just got <laughs> so, We wouldn't be recording this no. podcast. I would have a million no time. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but actually, don't fun. lose my number when you become famous. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be equally as famous, but in the podcast sphere. Yeah, in the podcast world, and we can cross pollinate. And- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can have one of those like artistic albums that has like voice tracks woven in between and they'll be like a, a filter <laughs> from, our, <view. laughs> yeah. from our combo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like Daylight by Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, so you got a grant. So you have been like back and forth between where you live now in Vancouver and Nashville and LA 
writing yeah. music. Yeah, which is like technically illegal. Not illegal, but it's like it's, you're supposed <laughs> to like, like spend it on like Canadian people. But I'm like, yeah. I just like pop music. And I think Toronto has a decent pop music scene. And there's some happening in Vancouver, but like most pop is happening in LA, obviously. And then Nashville actually surprisingly has like a burgeoning pop scene now as well. And that's where the producer who did like um, one of my singles, Just Ain't You. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. An upcoming single who he did. And then two other ones that I did most recently when I was with him. So he's there. And so, yeah, I've been back and forth and I've been just mostly writing and I'm starting to kind of see a theme to like make an album maybe, nice. which is cool. Can we talk about how when I met your boyfriend last November, I was like, are you the muse for jealous? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no. In Mexico? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, just wait, I'm putting two and two together. Like, are you the muse? Are you the the boy who had a girlfriend who... (laughs) (laughs) he's like no i was like okay 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 (laughs) no do you know what i actually have like a like an insultingly low number of songs about i just feel like our relationship is good all the time and so i don't i only write songs when i'm like mad or petty so i have nothing to say about him things are just like good (laughs) okay are any of your songs about that boy who will remain nameless who were no i'm not uggs lugs (laughs) yes either way is about him (laughs) okay i demand either way gets released on spotify holy shit i actually do you want me to send you the file i have a recorded version same producer who did black magic his name is winston haas haas child oh my god i'm okay okay just wait (laughs) the context is that either way is a song that kenzie wrote in high school that i would i would blast on my purple ipod (laughs) nano like every day a million times but like i don't have that ipod or any of my itunes music yeah so it's gone now yeah yeah, it was like a secret. It was like an indie release. I put it on like CBC Radio 4, which is like where <laughs> artists can like upload their songs. <laughs> and I probably just like sent you the MP3. And to this date, my greatest musical achievement, 97.5 The River played it multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> and this is at the time premier pop music station. <laughs> that's so funny i literally just emailed them and i was like hi i'm 15 will you play my song and they were like honestly sure (laughs) oh my god that's so fucking funny oh man okay so today like i mentioned we're going to be talking about well i kind of mentioned i kind of gave away the plot (laughs) but um we're going to be talking about feuds uh, like the Taylor and Kanye feud. And we're going to dissect some of the music that people released about the other person. And then the end of the episode, we have like a special kind of announcement from you. So this is going to be so much fun. So stay tuned for that. But I feel like we should just get into it. So we're going to cover... Let's see who we're coming. We're going to cover Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, Taylor Swift and John Mayer, Taylor Swift and Kanye West. <laughs> it's going to be a whirlwind of an episode. It's going to be, man, 
Taylor Swift has just given the world so much. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's truly... a just strong contributor of fodder for content. My favorite memes are her being like, or like about her recently about her celebrity like jets. Oh yeah, how she's just a climate criminal. <laughs> yeah, she's a climate criminal, but it's like. But um, the other climate criminals didn't give us folklore. And I was like, that's Honestly, fair. Like, really good point. <laughs> yes. I'm also outraged by these continual double standards that Taylor Swift has held to. Like, yes, what yes. were Kanye West's fucking carbon, whatever, <laughs> footprint. footprint? For Why don't I know that word? <laughs> for Like, I just feel like people love to hate Taylor Swift. And they love to love Taylor Swift. Like, she's fine, you know? But yeah. she's just such an easy target. She's totally, so tall totally. And thin, Aryan <laughs> <and> looking. <laughs> okay, let's get into her first feud, the most fun feud she's ever had Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. So mm-hmm. they were friends. They had like some Twitter exchanges, and, you know, they were just pop girlies in the 2010s. And then. In December 2013, in Katie's documentary, Pieces of Me, did you watch that? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I literally <laughs> own it, have it downloaded on my yeah, iTunes. Yeah like, <laughs> yeah, like it is a piece of It's art. canon. It's yeah, canon. it's canon that you have to consume. <laughs> um, so people noticed that a lot of Katie's backup dancers were similar to Taylor's backup dancers. And then it came out that a lot of Katie's backup dancers left the red tour to join Katie's prism tour. And then there was kind of rumors floating around that she had poached them. Mm -hmm. And that was sparked by Taylor in Rolling Stone um, later that year, a few months later saying that there was a female artist trying to sabotage her career. Which is it. An extremely dramatic way of phrasing. But that's Taylor. Like, that is so Taylor. And, like, I forgot that in the early days of her career, she would just, like, say this stuff in interviews. Okay, do you know what? I feel like this is something I'm curious. I feel like we don't have the same perspective on this. And I'm curious to hear what yours is or to clarify what yours is. I genuinely think that because... Taylor Swift was like bullied so much in like middle school and like up until she became famous that she genuinely believes these things that she's the victim I really think that she like anything that happens she perceives as like I mean maybe not anymore but like particularly around this time because it's just such a wild distortion but she just was so stubborn about it and I guess there's just a part of me that's like like, I'm like, it's so embarrassing for her yeah. that I'm like, you just must actually think this. Otherwise, you wouldn't, like, humiliate yourself this way. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. Like, I think that, yeah, she has this, like, I hate when people say she like, victim complex. I feel like I'm on, like, Jersey Shore. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm Ron <laughs> from Jersey Shore being, like, stop being a victim or, like, having a victim complex or something. But, like, I definitely agree that, like, it's tough when she kind of victimizes herself when she's like at the top of her career and I feel like again a lot of that is to do with like misogyny etc mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. think a lot of her criticisms are valid but maybe the way that she goes about them like people feel not sorry for her I guess I don't know a fucking course not like yeah. it's so unreasonable I'm, I mean it's not 
it's like it's just clearly not rational like it's not based on like absolute power dynamic stuff it's based on her yes. like perceived relative position to other people like in her same sphere and I feel like even though she's like at the top of the world she still irrationally feels like this like underdog or at least again did at this time 100 percent so the day the article comes out Katie tweets watch out for a Regina George in sheep's clothing which is just iconic <laughs> like it's yeah I just can't like I just can you can't make this up like it's just it's poetic I remember I like I feel like I you might need to like delete this from the pod I like remember <laughs> that tweet the way that I like remember I don't know why that like the way that I remember like the day that 9-11 happened like I remember, <laughs> I like, remember I the same I like, remember, like, like I was at the Y at work <laughs> And it was like an old Dell monitor and me and my friend Declan were like <laughs> Twitter.com while we were like scanning people into the wild. To the gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm dead. No, no. I feel the same way. Like there's, it's like, where were you when Katy Perry tweeted this out? Because <laughs> it, it's burned into your retina. <laughs> yeah. She also used some emojis. Like I feel like I can literally still remember like what her profile pic was at the time. Anyway. Literally, and I had just graduated university and I was like kind of had a part-time job but also didn't. Mm. So I was like depressed, <laughs> like lying on my like futon on Twitter all the time. And so I was relatable. like, yeah. I was like, I know Katie, like I like you do need to watch out for Regina George's in sheep's clothing. Later that year, she performs at the Super Bowl. There's like the viral left shark dancer that was like supposed to be a diss to, to Taylor Swift. How was it a diss? I think it's because it was like Taylor can't dance and then she stole the backup dancers and people were saying that like the shark was supposed to be Kate, uh, be Taylor. Oh. Because the shark was dancing but was like offbeat and doing like really simple dance. And that is like a very fair and funny <laughs> yeah, critique. Like, like, <laughs> Taylor is just so bullyable, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like I never picked up on that. Like I remember being so intrigued by this left shark drama, but this is like brand new information to me. But this makes so much sense. Yes, yeah, it was like all over Twitter again. I feel like I'm going to be referencing Twitter this entire episode because played a yeah, like you, all, it played a role in all of these views. Might say it was almost. A central character in all yeah, of these plots. It's a primary resource like, <laughs> or source or whatever. Yeah. Oh my god! Um. Uh, then Taylor Swift releases "Bad Blood," and it's definitely referencing Taylor Swift. We're gonna look at some of the lyrics in a sec. June 2016, Katy Perry releases a perfume called "Mad Love," <laughs> maybe directly referencing the "Bad Blood" lyrics. Because, yeah, that is a lyric. Yeah. You know, it used to be mad love, she said. Yes. Yes. So this that was seems like, like it can't be a coincidence. It can't be. Okay, so maybe let's look at bad blood because then we're gonna get into um yeah. okay. swish swish. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite. Tori and I have discussed these two songs <laughs> yeah. <at length> already. <laughs> Both very passionate. 
Yes. Okay, I also, can I just say, like, as a devout Taylor Swift fan, like, this was, like, the one song on that album that I hated. Yes. And I don't know why. It was just never, I just don't think it's catchy. Same. I think that when Taylor tries to shoehorn, like, she's obviously trying to shoehorn the message of this song into, like, something sellable and I just don't think it works I also feel like she often just tries to shoehorn like herself into genres like for example with a reputation entire album where she was just Mm -hmm. trying to literally do hip-hop and we were like stop (laughs) (laughs) please we're all begging you there's definitely genres that work better like yeah that she moves into more easily and this this felt like a shoehorn it felt contrived yeah, same with look what we made me. Oh god. Look what you made I me don't. Do. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Honestly, like I just feel like these lyrics are stupid. It, yeah, and it's more like a warning, like a like I don't feel like Katie thought that the rift was this bad until Taylor made it this bad with this song. Yeah, I mean I feel like it was like there's the, it just definitely adding gasoline to the fire. And also Taylor Swift fans are so intense. Like I feel like it was like s- similar to the like Avril Lavigne, Hillary Duff thing where like yes. if when they hate like I was like, I liked Hillary Duff, but I was like, I actually legally am required to hate her because my hero Avril Lavigne says that I have to because she hates her. And I feel like Taylor Swift still has that power over everybody. So like. Katy Perry was probably like chilling, vibing, and then this song came out, and suddenly all these people were like roasting her online and like whatever. So I could see why it would it would make it feel worse for Katy. Totally, totally. And then she does another Rolling Stone interview because again, the sign of the times. People were like <laughs> really into Rolling Stone because <laughs> it was the the mecca right. of of music content but she talked about Katie saying that you know she would come up to her at events Taylor would leave the interaction being like are we friends or do you you hate me yeah like are you giving me backhanded compliments or was that like the worst insult of my life or something I feel like yes Mm -hmm. her direct quote and Mm -hmm. then she said that Katie did something so horrible and that Taylor realized they were just straight up enemies. I feel like we should read some choice lyrics from Bad yes, Blood. Or do you think yes. everyone just knows them? I feel like everyone just knows them. But like, is there like ones that specifically stand out to you? As I being mean, like scathing? The line that I can never get over is band-aids don't fix bullet holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, in the bridge, it just felt like I'm, like, a bullet hole. Like, she hired, like, worst case scenario, she poached some dancers. Like, I think there's more dancers in the world. (laughs) I think there's, like, in fact, like, yeah, like, I don't think there's a shortage of other dancers for you to hire. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, the ones that stick out to me are, like, salt in the wound, like, you're laughing right at me. Because, again, victim (laughs) from complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I, like, never use that, like... (laughs) Sane and now I like can't stop. I know. And that also just like all of also the lyrics of the song are just so bad. Like, still got scars on my back from your knife. So don't think it's in the past. These kinds of wounds, they last and they last. Like this, I feel like you just she just gave up. Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> done better than this song for sure. Yeah. So a month later, I think is the most damning thing. So 
Calvin Harris, this was when Taylor was broken up with him, starting to date Tom Hiddleston. And okay, I remember this vividly because I was in Cuba. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like right now, but Cuba in 2016 didn't have open access Wi-Fi. They only had Wi-Fi in the public squares and you had to purchase a telecoms card from either store during the daytime or if you ran out, like it had minutes on it. You would have, like I would literally buy them like a drug dealer off the side of the street and then you would like (laughs) log on with the card and you would get like 50 minutes of Wi-Fi. Right, okay. And so I was there and I, this was happening And I was like literally dying because I needed to know. (laughs) But basically everyone found out that Kelvin Harris and Rihanna's song, This Is What You Came For, the Swedish contributor to that song was actually Taylor Swift. Yeah, she had used like a pen name. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so everyone was, I don't know, like up in arms about that. Wasn't it? Was it that she had written it or was it that like they broke up and Tom or not Tom Calvin was like saying all this stuff about like I remember him like tweeting or like posting to Instagram. Yes. okay. yes, you're right. I think he goes off and then it comes out. I think she or like someone from her camp says like, okay, well, your biggest hit was because of me. So don't go off on me on Twitter. I think that that's how it went down. Right. Then they broke up and then they and then she started dating Tom Hiddleston and then she broke up with Tom Hiddleston. Is that his name? Is that how you say it? Yes. And then everybody was like, oh, she's gone too far this time. Like, yeah, like, it was, I don't know why that was the line, but I remember for some reason being like I could sense that her fall from grace was imminent. Like, yes, because everyone was like, hey, this is like clearly a PR stunt. Like, you're not actually dating Tom Hiddleston. So this is when she was starting to get, like, a little bit overexposed and a little too fake, I think. Right. And she and was also doing on her. her girl gang. Like, I feel like she was yes. truly at, like, her height. Like, she was untouchable. She had, like, her celebrity model friends with her everywhere she went. She seemed to be friends with, like, every other celebrity, yes. every other songwriter. Like, she was just, like, so powerful. And then it just was, like, it had to all come crashing down. So Kelvin Harris is like calling her fake and then Katy Perry is like told you so and she tweets like a sheep emoji or something. (laughs) Yes. And then she does like the most Justin Bobby thing ever. She says time is the ultimate truth teller, (laughs) which is just so ridiculous. (laughs) So May 2017 rolls around. Katy releases the song Swish Swish. Which was a devastating day for pop music, honestly. <laughs> Seriously, again, like talk about shoehorning a message into like a bad song that shouldn't Ugh. be released. It was like, and what's shocking about it is like she was working with like music's finest. Like she was making that song with like Max Martin and like I think Shellback, who have brought us basically every radio hit since the time of Britney Spears to now. Like they they never miss. But ironically, they missed with Swish Swish <laughs> yeah, and did not, in fact, get another one in the basket with this song. Okay, <laughs> and then, like, literally, this was, like, definitely entering Katie's flop era, too. And she, like, cut off her black, gorgeous hair. And she had, like, that blonde... 
And I don't know. And with it, her magical power, like entangled, was destroyed, (laughs) and she has not had a hit since. I know. Except, I I guess that one she did with Zed did okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you know she released an entire album called (laughs) Daisy or Daisies or something? Yeah, after her kid, um, with Orlando Bloom, Daisy. Yeah, I I think that the one that got away didn't get enough credit i think that's actually a good song but like i thought that one was great yeah, yeah. but everything else was trash when they get away was that from daisy no i think it was prism oh prism did prism had a had a couple hits anyway okay she's let been me- on a downhill trajectory ever since <laughs> r.i.p okay <laughs> let me read you the chorus like i just um, okay it's swish swish bish another one in the basket can't touch this another one in the casket that's a stretch that's a i mean it's like a perfect rhyme but like conceptually that's it's not I, they could have done better. <laughs> You're about cute as an old coupon expired and karma's not a liar. She keeps receipts. What? Yeah. Okay. I actually have like, I don't know if this is interesting to anybody except me, but I have like some perhaps very like profession specific um insight insight yes. into this. That's why so you're here. <laughs> Max Martin and Shellback are both ESL like they're both Swedish speakers and Mm -hmm. if you go back and you listen to like everyone from Britney Spears to like Justin Timberlake Avril Lavigne Adele like there's nobody there's no person that has like a global superstardom career in music that has not worked with Max Martin and whose hits have not made them like who they are basically to some extent including taylor swift and katie perry who have both worked with him extensively yes perhaps more so katie perry than taylor swift but he you you can hear in like so many of max martin's songs these like weird phrasings and like these weird like it's like they don't quite make sense and it's because max martin's songwriting philosophy is that like songs don't have to make sense it's about like the words and how they make you feel and how they sound and so he has all of like I can't I maybe let me think of an example there's some like like hit me baby one more time yeah like, all well, just all of the lyrics in that song yeah <laughs> what does that even mean like hit me nothing, up? nothing. Like, no it doesn't know. it doesn't mean anything like it's yeah. literal nonsense and then like there's a song he did with Ariana Grande where he made her sing these lyrics and she was like really upset about it break free maybe okay yes I think there's a lyric in that song that's like, I only want to die alive. Yeah. And she hated that. It's like the lyrics are, I only want to die alive, never by the hands of a broken heart. I don't want to hear you lie tonight now that I've become who I really are. Max Martin made her sing now that I've become who I really are because he just like does not care about like grammar, syntax, like anything making sense he just wants it to sound good and so she like if you listen to it you can hear she kind of garbles it yeah to try to make it sound like am and are and like people can interpret it how they want anyway so this is like max's signature move and i feel i i almost wonder if like in like this song is so incoherent that i'm like i wonder how much involvement max had with the lyrics like like why is she calling taylor swift an old coupon 
Yeah. Like, like what? It's like expired. Like, <laughs> like an expired coupon. Yeah. I've listened to Break Free by Ariana Grande and Zed like a million times. I had no idea that those were the lyrics. Yeah. It's like I it's straight like, up had no idea. It's truly like it's almost astonishing how incoherent it is. And yet the song absolutely slaps like Max's magic transcends transcends the English language and he doesn't actually need to be able to have a I mean he probably does have a pretty perfect command of the English language he just chooses not to like use it when he's writing because he doesn't think it's important yeah um and that's evident in swish swish yeah because it makes (laughs) zero sense it makes zero (laughs) sense again shocked at how far things have moved forward because in carpool karaoke with James Corden Katie says Taylor Swift started their feud and she was here to finish it with Swish Swish, which I think she thinks, again, is like a big dunk, but it's not. But again, it's just so shocking that celebs would say this in interviews. Nowadays, they don't say anything in interviews. Yeah, they were. I feel like they were very loose lipped. Yeah. And now they like, I don't know. I feel like the drama we get is all sourced from like internet detectives it's never just like straight up said by the celeb uh, but over time you know Katie was like yeah I'm over this feud we like wrapped it up etc and then in June 2019 the you need to calm down music video mm-hmm. happened and Katie in her burger costume Taylor in her fry costume they join hands they join hands and they hug allegedly this is like tea they were supposed to kiss whoa yes but they either kissed and then they cut it in the final product or they like never ended up doing it but i Uh think people on the set etc were kind of alleging that interesting which is why do they need to be so extreme like it doesn't need to go from being like you stabbed me in the back there are bullet holes where you hurt me to like <laughs> making out on set like there's a space in between folks 100 <laughs> percent. and like maybe that was supposed to be taylor's coming out we don't have to go down the whole like gayler rabbit hole but like <laughs> i don't know that's just again like tea for another time okay let's move on to taylor swift and john mayer because taylor n- is nothing if not a prolific and very petty songwriter <laughs> 100% so Taylor and John meet on her tour um fearless they both sing your body is a wonderland and white horse they collab on the song half of my heart which I just have to say is so funny because like John Mayer collaborating with anybody is like you are permitted to sing background lyrics that will be mixed in such a way that you can you're barely audible <laughs> like- literally like that and it's no offense, but like not a good song. No, I've, I, you know what? Actually, I have to say at the time, I really loved it. Yeah. I'm yeah, a John same. Mayer stan, but me too. He's a problematic fave of mine. He is. And I like, I hate to admit it. Yes. Um, that I like ever loved him as much as I did, but I can't deny yes. who I was. But it like, she's, you can barely hear her. It's like, just kind of like, I feel like it was a bit exploitative of him to even like, I feel like he benefited from having her as a featured artist more than she did because it's like he gets to reach like different audiences who are like, oh, Taylor Swift, my favorite singer is like 100 percent on some Lopez track. Yeah, because at the time she's 19, he's 32. Mm -hmm. So he's like losing relevance and fast. 
super fast yeah. and she has yeah you're right access to young girls basically mm-hmm. so they allegedly date from december 2009 to february 2010 which is so funny because for a feud that's lasted like 20 years or whatever that's like three months yeah it's really short i feel like i've thought about that before too but honestly <laughs> If anything she alleges in her six-minute-long ballad, Dear John, is accurate, <laughs> it sounds like it was an absolute nightmare to date him. Like, yes. And, like, it was sounds like it was a really harmful dynamic for her. And so I'm like, maybe that just really messed with her head and it just, like... Yeah, that's true because the other person she dates that's, like, ser- seemingly treats her poorly is Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the banger all too well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, she loves an unconventionally long song. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> to process her like <laughs> bad relationships. <laughs> so in 2010 she releases the song John, John in Rolling Stone once again says he was humiliated. It was cheap songwriting. He's not wrong, but also it sounds like he was a real dick. Like, I'm really split here because on the one hand, I'm like, you didn't need to literally call it Dear John. So that, but on the other hand, like, there was clearly a power dynamic between him. He was rich and powerful and significantly older than her. She was literally a teenager. Like, it just sounds like there was, I like, I don't want to say it was predatory because I wasn't there and I don't know, but I feel like that, that age chasm and like the power differential between them in another context could easily be like a predatory dynamic. And so um I feel a little bit conflicted about like whose side I'm on. Yeah, like I think I'm on Taylor's because you're right. Like and the song depicts a a girl who's young and <laughs> don't you think nineteen's <laughs> too young? <laughs> yes. Yeah. To be messed with the girl in the dress cried the whole way home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Counterpoint, which I normally would never do in any conversation regarding any kind of dynamic, but because it's a celebrity and all we have, it's not testimony, it's songwriting. And so it Mm -hmm. is a little bit more interpretive and it is about how she feels, not necessarily her lived experience, Mm -hmm. like given the fact that she has a bit of a victim complex. Mm -hmm. I'm like, part. I well, I don't know. I guess part of me is like, I could see her like interpreting things that were harmful and like shitty but interpreting them in a way that was like perhaps a like less favorable towards him than was actually like the warranted case. or I don't know I don't know if I actually believe that I just feel like I don't know it's worth mentioning no I, I... maybe it's not worth mentioning I don't know maybe <laughs> no. we should just believe women <laughs> yeah 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 that too no 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 I totally get that and like also you're right. When you write songs, well, actually, I don't know, but maybe you can speak to this. But yeah, like when you write songs, I feel like not that you're over exaggerating, but like it's like when you write like a poem or or you're like telling a story to a friend like you not again that you're embellishing per se, but like when it's art, it's supposed to be. Like, I feel like all or nothing. And this is clearly like the all. Yeah. And you're just you're not aiming for like fairness or objectivity. You're aiming for expression. And so like if it felt like he was torturous and like horrible, whether he was actually and how do you measure that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's like a bit harder to to say if if anybody ever alleged John Mayer abused them, I would have a very different position and I would just 
I would just believe them because the statistical odds of somebody making up stuff like that are very low. But I feel like it's a bit of more of a shade like that, that that isn't what she's saying in this song in my interpretation well so she does talk about in the lyrics like i should have known and i mm-hmm. think that kind of does allude to his reputation maybe not publicly but within the hollywood sphere was that he is a playboy yeah that's true i feel like and there is i guess there's a like a difference between being a playboy and being abusive and I guess that's the yeah. that's the, I feel like yeah. that's what I'm trying to like mentally work through right now like I'm like yeah, the way yeah, that she yeah. describes him I'm like it there are elements of that d- dynamic that sound a little like red flaggy but somebody can be a dick without being like straight up abusive you know so I yeah, feel like I would 100% I would think if Taylor Taylor if you hear this and you ever <laughs> come forward about your experiences with John and accuse him of abuse I will believe you <laughs> yes yes that comes out everyone's like shook to the core a year later he releases his comeback song paper doll pathetic honestly it's Did about a it? girl like even just the song title is fucking scathing but it's like so it's about a girl who is young and naive and yeah reads into too much and depicts her as like also frivolous and like he says like you're like 22 girls in one and none of them know what they're running from this very like flighty like silly kind of yes and like hey 22 possibly a reference to her song 22 Mm -hmm. he mentions a girl in a blue and gold dress i think like she wore a dress to one of their performances together or something like mm. that that was blue and gold. He mentions a red scarf in the song. But yeah, it's overall doesn't play well. Even just, just a it, bad song. Yes. And like, hey, it's like, if you think that the girl you're dating is too immature, maybe it's because she's like 12 or 13 <laughs> yeah, years younger than you. Like, it's just so fucking dumb. Yeah. In 2016, last but not least, he says Tuesday, December 13th may be the lamest day of the year conceptually. And that's Taylor Swift's birthday. (laughs) That's pretty funny. It's so funny. And then people were like, wow, how dare you? And he's like, I'm 39. If you like, I'm not playing these like stupid games. And everyone's like, no, but you are. (laughs) (laughs) There's just like a one in 365 chance of (laughs) him randomly shitting on that day. Like, it's (laughs) the odds are against you, John. You 39 year old petty man. (laughs) (laughs) You petty fucking bitch. I think I said that the most iconic feud was Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, but it's definitely Taylor Swift and Kanye West. I feel like they're just all so like connected because Taylor has left us such a strong trail of songs between all of them, many of them even from the same album. Yeah, and also I feel like we could do a whole separate episode just on the Taylor and Kanye songs. Oh, would love but to. I just included the two ones that are like the inciting yeah. incidents yeah. because you're right, reputation um has so many references to Kanye West yeah um so everyone knows in 2009 Kanye cut off Taylor's video of the year speech at the VMAs Taylor said Kanye called and apologized and she accepted it this is like pretty early in her career but a year later she releases the song Innocent let's look at those lyrics I have them all memorized name a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay, so when I think of like losing innocence, I think of like virginity or like losing your like childhood childlike wonder. And I was like, again, I feel like this is an over exaggeration. Like, yes, that was maybe humiliating or disheartening or whatever. But like, why innocent? I feel like sometimes she just like she go. I think she without really thinking very hard about what she's saying or doing she like gravitates towards like words or terms that she thinks sound like a little bit like literary right I sort of think that like she was like you're still uninnocent to her sounded like I don't know I think it sounded just like interesting and like a cool and sophisticated concept to her yeah maybe from like the perspective of yeah I don't know this was never a song from Speak Now that I, like, gravitated towards. I didn't – I mean, honestly, I ha- I have to say I loved every single track on Speak Now. There might be one or two, but I can't think of – and so this what definitely wasn't one of my favorites, but I do I have every lyric memorized? Absolutely, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> so you're excited for the Speak Now re-records? Oh, I don't know. I was oh, fine with the, I, take. I feel like – I mean, I really respect what she's doing and I love that, but I also haven't really listened to many of the re-records because I just feel like it's like nice to revisit it and like throw her a couple of spins, but I'm also just like, feel like I've emotionally moved on. Yeah. And like, I'm in, it's like, fair. yeah. I like, haven't. So like, <laughs> like, like that's happy for you, but like, not me. Not me. Oh. Oh my god. Um, so one of the lyrics that she references is 32 and still growing up now. Who you are is not what you did. You're still an innocent. So that's referencing how Kanye was 32 at the time. And then she talks about, yeah, like, uh, you'll have new Septembers. The VMAs are in September. We just had one a few weeks ago. Do you know, I feel like she was like, I don't know if it was... I feel like it was like a bit of an inadvertent diss track because I feel like her lyrics are very much like, it's all right, just wait and see. Your string of lights is still bright to me. Like she's she's being like, you're still, she, it sounds like she's like forgiving him and being like, I have compassion for you. I like who you are isn't what you did. You're like, you, you still are redeemable. And I like see you as a human. She also says the thing about like time turns. <laughs> I didn't know how many of these they still had memorized, but they're just pouring <laughs> yeah. through me like I'm a vessel. But like time turns flames to embers. Like, it's like, it'll die down. Not everyone's going to be, like, giving you flack for this forever. Like, it's, like, on its face, I feel, like, sweet. But then it's also just condescending for this, like, 19-year-old to be, like, I deem you innocent. and To a 32-year-old. Yeah, and I also am just always aware of, like, the racial dynamic between them in all of their conflicts, especially given that she's, like, literally, like, a a hero to some, like, freaky Aryan supremacy like white supremacy yeah. but who's specific like they specifically use the word Aryan when they describe her which is why I used it like jokingly earlier yes and so I'm also just kind of like I'm like oh it almost feels like a little bit of like white save like I'm like is there some white saviorism happening here like is she like 100%. I'll single-handedly like r- rescue your reputation and whatever anyway yeah no I agree because I feel like um, she was talking about be- being a young woman and like I there's obviously gender dynamics to this too mm-hmm. but I think she just misses the entire boat on 
you know, the backlash Kanye received for this. Yeah. And like, however, I, yeah, this really requires an intersectional <laughs> analysis. Yeah, yes, 100%. But I yeah, think, because yeah. yeah, it's like, there's obviously there's, there's gender dynamics and people hold Taylor Swift to a certain like standard. And we've seen time and time again, the standard that like black men are held to who are public yes. figures, like with Tiger Woods and with Kanye. Yes. So yeah, it's like, it's, I feel like in this case, it's sort of both are happening to each of them. And I don't know how like aware or anything Taylor really was when she should have been of perhaps that dimension of their Mm -hmm. dynamic. I don't know. 100%. And like that should be included in like the critique of this like whole incident. But it isn't weirdly that much, especially with Kanye stuff. I feel like people are weirdly like they just, yeah. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah, he's definitely, like, villainized in the press. And, like, some some stuff he does should be villainized. Or not villainized, but, like, he should be held accountable. Like, some of the, like, really stocky stuff he's doing with Kim right now. But, yeah, but yeah definitely lots of unfair things are rooted, like, in racism. And, like, more broadly, I feel like there's, like, this sort of, like, whole subversive thing where people talk about Kanye and they're like like he's not well and I feel like people talk about them and they're like you can have mental illness without being a dick and it's like yeah and sometimes it impacts your behavior in ways that are you are like detrimental for your social life and that's like literally one of the things that makes it a pathology and not just like a quirk (laughs) yes 100 percent 100 like when people use like depression or anxiety as like a quirk it's like no I lost most of my friends because (laughs) I didn't talk to them for like months because I couldn't couldn't. like I couldn't do it and like it's I don't know I feel like people uh, yeah I don't know I just I do think that people are like really hard on Kanye and I do get it but it's also just like it's uh, yeah and and I'm like a white commentator and I don't know that like my voice is one that needs to be heard more in this conversation about like the Kanye Kanye discourse doesn't need more mm-hmm. white commentators even Literally. Will Smith like it's just but it's whenever like I feel like a black celebrity does something like it's like it's particularly the white like pearl clutching public or viewership is so quick to just be like it's like so harsh and swift and so much more intense than yeah like missteps by like white counterparts or white yes figures. Yes, like people were like jail when Will Smith slept. I on it, people were like, I was trauma, like Amy Schumer saying, I was traumatized. Like, sorry, what? Like, have you ever been to a bar? Like, yeah, it's like your safety was zero percent jeopardized in no, that moment. Yeah, no. that. And I just fuck me. And I don't know. I feel like everybody just sort of like centers the like impact it had on other people, like. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not saying it didn't impact other people and was like appropriate. And I recognize that it's assault. And I just wonder like how it would have gone if it was like Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, like, or like Andy Samberg or something. Yeah, like I'm sure people would have like freaked out because it's juicy, but I don't think people would have gone so quickly to like, like there's this weird like, mm, it's like a complete rejection. Like, and I, I'm, I think that's why it feels like there's this unacknowledged like racial dimension because it's like it almost feels like a little bit like he's being like rejected from this like society which is like 
conventionally very white, conventionally, you know, exclusive. And and he's like, well, we gave you a chance and now you messed it and now you're out. And it just like, I'm like, how do you not hear the like the white supremacist undertones of this like threat that you're now like on the outs of the society that was like a privilege for you to like, I feel like that. Yeah. Like, oh, we let you in. Yeah. And I like, I'm like, I don't think I'm making that up. Like, it's just, it's just so clear whenever, like it happened with Tiger Woods too. It happens like every time Kanye and like stalking is very unchill and I would never defend the kinds of stuff that he's done like that. Or what we're going to talk about next with like Mm -hmm. the famous music video, like, Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like criticize those pieces. But I definitely think it's like challenge your racial biases when especially when it's like, what did he really do? Interrupt her award speech? Like, yeah, I like the way that this became Taylor's narrative for like, like still for fucking 12 years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like is wild to me. It's truly wild. And it's like, I feel like at what point I don't know. And I recognize the irony of me saying this as like two white people discussing this. But it's like, what if what if white people just stopped like talking about and like trying to like sub I don't know, I guess like subject like like issues that happen within like a black community to like like white people's like court of opinion. And it's like a weird entitlement that like white audiences tend to have where they feel like they're the ultimate moral arbitrators of like yes. behavior which brings Policing up behavior yeah which like brings up this idea of like the model minority mm-hmm. which is like related but i guess distinct and i just i'm like what if what if white people just like s- stopped <laughs> what if what have we considered that as an approach i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i I couldn't agree more. And yeah, you're right. I think that this was definitely left out of the discourse in 2009. I don't know if people re-looked at it. Um, I'm sure there was like 10-year anniversary um, like think pieces and shit like that in 2019. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but, yeah, I definitely think it's like not always a part of it because people were just quick to take Taylor's side. Of course, yeah. Five years later... Five years later, they're reunited at the Grammys. I think Kim's there. Like, all is seemingly well. Mm. August 2015, I totally forgot about this. Taylor presents an award to Kanye at the VMAs. Oh, what a move. Yeah, the, like, Vanguard Award. Like, the really prestigious one. Yeah, and I think somewhere in here, he also sent her flowers that she, like, posted to Instagram Yes, it was like when he was really into like the flower walls and like the cubes of flowers and stuff. That's so funny. Okay. So he, yeah, sent that to her. So they were like all good. Then February 2016 rolls around. Kanye releases Famous and Taylor says she disagrees with the lyrics. And says like specifically she's like, I would very much like to be left out of this narrative I haven't been asking to be a part of in like 12 years or whatever she says. Yes, because she references back to the VMA's speech. Mm -hmm. And then Kim's like, okay, Taylor, hold up. You did know and you agreed that Kanye could release this. And Kim on Snapchat, if you can believe it, releases video footage of the call between Kanye and Taylor. It's about three minutes. Mm -hmm. 
and Taylor's team says, A, she didn't know she was being recorded. B, the conversation was over an hour long and this was edited down to three minutes. And Taylor adds that she didn't know that specifically he was going to use the word bitch. Yes. That And that's like her point of contention that she keeps repeating. Yes. So again, peak girl squad, Mm -hmm. Gigi Hadid, Carly Kloss, Jamie King all jumped to Taylor's defense on Twitter. And this is, isn't this right after the Tom Hiddleston breakup? So this would have been a few, no, I think that this is a few months before prior oh, this to is, the Tom wait. Hiddleston. This is in the same oh, year. This, this is, is before, okay. Yes, because this is, okay, so think about it. This happens, then the Kelvin Harris and Katie Swift, Katie Swift, Katie Perry stuff happens. Then oh. she goes into hiding for a oh, year okay. because, and then rep comes uh, out. Yes, because Calvin wasn't the whole him calling her out thing being like, yeah, like suck that, suck it, Taylor. Like, yeah, you suck. like you I deserve you. this. Yeah. And then t- Katie's like sheep emoji and the world turns on Taylor after she's this like darling for a decade. Yes. So a few months later, This is really bad, I think, but the famous music video comes out and Taylor Swift is naked in it. Mm, Yeah. And Kanye had commissioned this piece of art where it has a bunch of celebrities that are naked, but like without their consent. Mm -hmm. So that was fucked up. This was my mistake. In February, Kim said, no, I have the receipts about the phone call. And then in July 2016. So you're right. This was happening at the same time. Okay. Kim releases the footage on Snapchat and everyone goes wild, including Calvin Harris and Katy Perry. The hashtag Kim exposed Taylor party trends. Kim starts using the snake emoji, which then we'll get Karen the snake on the rep tour. More members of her girl squad are coming out. Selena Gomez, Chloe, Grace Moretz, Ruby Rose, Martha Hunt are all coming to Taylor's defense. And it's just like, I would say Taylor's most difficult time in her career. I feel like she's never been the subject of so much like ubiquitous hatred. Like just everyone was like, we knew it the whole time. We've been waiting for this. Like, yes, yes. Which is so weird because, again, she's, like, so loved. But I guess she's kind of like Justin Bieber. It's, like, so loved but also, like, so hated at the same time. I Yeah, and I feel like those things go hand in hand. Like, the more yeah. loved, the more beloved someone becomes, like, more people also hate them in, like, equal measure. Yeah. So Taylor just disappears. <laughs> suitcase. Suitcase <laughs> gate happens. So, like, we said. I learned about this from you. I did not know anything about this. Until like from this you... episode outline? No, not from this episode outline. I think you talked about it. Talked That's about in it? another okay. episode, and I or maybe posted it on Instagram. And I remember okay. being like, "Wait a what minute!" The fuck? <laughs> yeah, so she was like in a suitcase, and her bodyguards were like carrying her around so she the could city. get place to place. Yeah, it was like a human-sized suitcase. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> and then, of course, she comes back August twenty seventeenth. Or August 2017, she announces reputation. Deletes all her Instagram photos and then posts a giant, like, mural of a snake. Of a snake. (laughs) And it's all in the Kanye-style, like, gothic font. Yeah. And she was like, 
you guys didn't see me for an entire year, but like now I'm back with I'm rebranded bitches. Yes. Get ready for the new Taylor. <laughs> yes. So that was like her entering her rep era. She reclaims the snake emoji and like the rest is history, truly. Yeah, the rest really is history. And then she also released possibly her great. Her Are most... you gonna say greatest album? <laughs> no, her worst okay, album. <laughs> Her worst album with the sole exception of Call It What You Want, which I truly oh, think is one of her best songs song. to date. And maybe there's a couple of others, but I can't. E- oh, Dress. Another great oh, one. Oh, that's such a good song. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a hot take because Rep is in my top three Taylor albums. Really? Interesting. Yes. Okay. But I think that it is like if you had, if the criteria was which albums have the most good songs on it it wouldn't be rap i see yeah i also feel like has a lot of skips (laughs) rap has has like i do think i think that's the thing about it for me i also think that there are like three songs that i like loved and think are some of the best songs she's ever written call it what you want yes um dress delicate i thought was good and I can't even think of any. There are like a few other, but honestly, the rest of the album. I think I liked Getaway Car too, which oh, was a I Jeff Antonoff production. Yeah, I like yeah. that one as well. But I think maybe the thing I didn't like about it was that it had the also the highest proportion of songs I didn't like and didn't want to listen to. Exactly. If my criteria was different, it wouldn't be in my top three. But I think just like overall, I really like it. Just it's the one that I listen to the most. Uh, rap. Right lover and folklore right i feel like i actually maybe in terms of like the act like some of the songs that are on it are maybe my top played taste songs yes but i don't think i also i think my other thing about it is that i really didn't like it conceptually i thought it was a lot more i mean i always think that conceptually she's sort of a failure like i don't think that's her strength in in some ways like i think she's just a bit clumsy in term like I feel like she's not like that believable as like these characters that she like is trying to play and they're just like sometimes a bit like like in speak now she was like a fairy princess with like a yeah, ball princess. gown and like yeah, yeah. thinking about being enchanted and it's like yeah. there's just something about them that's always a little bit almost like too young for like I'm like this was something that I feel like you should have been into like literally 10 years ago and I yeah. feel like so I'm always, but the, I feel like at the same time, I obviously am obsessed with Taylor Swift. It's just that because I love her that I'm so <laughs> critical. That's what I say too, because I feel like I'm the most critical of her out of like any celeb, like with yeah. her climate stuff and with her being petty and all of that shit. But it's because I love her the most. Yeah, same. So I'm thinking about her all the time. So like, obviously yeah. I have a higher proportion of critiques as well yeah. as like things that I love about her. Or maybe yes. not a higher proportion, but a higher volume and like equal proportion to other celebrities that I talk about. 100%. But I thought, I just thought the reputation was like, I just thought it was like silly. Like I was like, you're not, this isn't convincing. That you're like a bad bitch. Yeah. Like, and also like, what was the first single called? Look what you made me do. Yeah. So stupid and funny. And like, it was just like, a, I'm like, I'm like, who let you do this, sweetie? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> but your like, lead single? Okay, but I was in my like workout era 
And I was <laughs> and nothing would make me like do sit ups harder than look what you made me do. <laughs> like, like nothing would make me sprint on the sprint in quotes on the treadmill more than look oh, what you made me do. Man, was I just in a weird head? Did I actually miss a masterpiece and just I was in the wrong headspace to take it in at that time in my life no (laughs) I was working in a dish pit in Squamish (laughs) so maybe maybe I would have hated anything yeah like generally no okay okay I feel like so we're at like an hour mark okay the last thing I want to add is that Taylor then responded eventually to Famous by writing or releasing her song, I Forgot That You Existed, which I thought was a sweet, triumphant song that brought everyone closure. (laughs) Yeah. And Kate, this is where her genius comes in because that's the first song on Reputation. And that's, I think, the music video where the... On Lover, you mean? The first song on Lover. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yes. The first song on Lover. So she's entering a new era. And that's yeah. when I think the music video where the black snake turns pink and then blows up into confetti. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel like she's really good at like transitioning mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. putting this to rest. But yeah, I will say, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, March 2020, the entire phone call is leaked. Probably no one cares at this point because COVID is yeah. is rampant, but that's how we started talking on Instagram Live. Yeah, and what was the thing about this phone call that sort of changed? Like, I feel like the phone call did cast Taylor in a more flattering light. Like, it was clear that there was it context did. Kanye didn't include in what he was saying about the song, right? So if I remember correctly, he changed the lyrics so she didn't know that the derogatory term bitch was going to be included. I think right. it was like, or maybe she didn't know about the, I think Taylor and I will still have sex part. There was some, right. there was like something the that was changed between the, f- so also um, an earlier version of the song leaked mm-hmm. and something ha- was different between the phone calls the final version and the leaked version. And I do, I feel like some people were like, there's no way that one word would have changed it. But I do think that calling someone like bitch does change the tone of a sentence. Totally. And I, and you're right. And like, again, that, that also plays into like the power, like the weird power imbalances and stuff. Yeah. Like it's a lot, it's a lot more like dismissive and it's just sexist, like to call it to be like, you know, yeah, I feel like bitch is such a, a word that's so commonly used, but when you actually think about it, it's, again, like derogatory. Yeah, it's dehumanizing. It's like literally yeah. calling a woman a dog. And- yes, <laughs> but we say it all the time, so I feel yeah. like, like sometimes it's lost its meaning, but then sometimes when it's used in the context like this, it's like, oh, that's like a bad word. Yeah, and when Taylor is who Taylor is and she hears someone add bitch I could see it changing the meaning for her 100% especially her because she responds to like every little slate that's ever happened Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay let's wrap up with (laughs) (laughs) with Taylor Swift and Joe Jonas so Taylor and Joe start dating in July 2008 um which is 
again, such a random pairing. Um, Then in October 2008, Joe dumps Taylor over the phone in the infamous 22nd phone call. So she goes on the Ellen DeGeneres show, rip, (laughs) rip to the (laughs) Ellen show. And she's like, yeah, I'm single. It's all right. I'm all good. And then the, again, infamous quote says, you know what? It's like when I find that person that is right for me, he'll be wonderful. When I look at that person, I'm not even going to remember the boy who broke up with me over the phone in 25 seconds when I was 18. I looked at the call log It was like 27 seconds when Ellen questions her. She says, that's got to be like a record. Right. And then I remember Joe being like, she hung up on me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Like years later, he was like, well, the call can only be as long as you like stay on it. Yeah. (laughs) I would have talked for longer, but. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think dating for two months at the age of like 18 warrants an in-person breakup? Or do you think phone calls okay? I kind of think it warrants an in-person breakup. I feel like 18 is like you're mature enough to to like want to have that kind of conversation in person. Yeah. I think 18 you should. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 16 plus you can't break over break up over text or no, phone unless no. you're like scared for your like safety or something. Yeah. But, or like, I guess if they're like just traveling all the time because they're celebs, maybe they just like couldn't see each other or something. Yeah, but I still yeah. I don't know. I guess a Skype call then. At <laughs> like, least. At don't pretend Skype didn't exist in two thousand and six. Is that when yeah. this was? Two thousand and eight. Yeah. So later that year, real quick, she releases the song Forever and Always. Which is a banger. It's actually so good. It's so good. She calls him a scared little boy. (laughs) She says that Joe said that he loved her, but like that was probably, again, just like artistic. Yeah. Like word License, yeah. Yeah. It's just such a good song to drive to. Oh my God. It's a great song. And it's so, it's like scathing. She's, it's like, I feel like it sort of like cemented her reputation as like, a person who's gonna write a song about you if you break up and it's gonna suck because it's gonna like the song is gonna be amazing and then like a lot of tweens are gonna hate you afterwards 100 <laughs> percent, yeah that's so true so she releases that a few you know like months later she kind of alleges that it's because of camilla bell she writes better than revenge Yeah, she did some slut shaming in that song, which was very of the moment of her. It was like 2011, and I guess we were still doing that then, but yeah, well, (laughs) and even at the time, I remember being like, "Whoa!" (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like it's way harsh. Yeah, June 2009, so like six months later, the Jonas Brothers release "Much Better" on Lines, Vines, and Trying Times. What an album title! So good. And it references I'm done with superstars and all the tears on her guitar. So obviously referencing Taylor Swift. This song like didn't do well, though. I honestly don't even remember it. Like I can't think of a single melody from it. Literally same. I feel like it's just whenever it's an obvious like clap back that like 
doesn't merit being on an album out of just like the goodness of the song. It's just about like wanting to respond publicly. It's always a mistake and it's never a, like Paper Doll was this way too. Yes. And same with Swish Swish. Is that yeah. the moral of this this podcast story that don't you don't release the rebuttal? Don't release a rebuttal. Also, even Bad Blood, honestly, like maybe it's just like don't release a song just to throw shade. Like if it's a great song that happens to throw shade, include it on the album. But don't just like... Don't try to shoehorn a personal... Like, okay, write that song if that's like cathartic to you, but don't put it on the album because it... it I don't... We don't need to... We. It's not worth know. it. Like whatever PR value you're getting out of it isn't worth us having to now include like a mediocre three minute song on yeah, our regular yeah, rotation yeah. for the rest of eternity literally <laughs> because you wanted to settle a score musically literally musically like we're in fucking pitch perfect <laughs> like <laughs> and it's like oh my god yeah it's so funny <laughs> honestly that kind of like ends their feud like they have some run-ins over the last 10 years, but it seems like they're in a good place. Joe's wife, uh, Sophie Turner, loves Taylor Swift. That's sweet. I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And they, like when Mr. Perfectly Fine came out on the re-records, Joe made like a cute TikTok to it. So oh, it seems cute. like, you know, all is well. But yeah, maybe the only feud that Taylor Swift has left in the past. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's really unlike her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to our special announcement. Okay. Before we wrap up, Kenzie is releasing a new song and this is like the world premiere. <laughs> like, I feel like we <laughs> are is. the river or we are like much you music. are the river 97.5 Kamloops' version of much music. <laughs> yes. And it's a song that I wrote because – well, it's a song that I specifically shared with Tori because I it's the pettiest song I've ever written. It's called Ruin It. And I just – I just made me think more broadly about – and both of us, I think – think more broadly about just like the history of petty songmanship and the back I don't think there will be a rebuttal to this one unfortunately yeah, I was just gonna say so in 10 years like when I'm doing the podcast episode about your your catalog who's doing the rebuttal I would be shocked if the person that this is about took up a musical career however <laughs> yeah. I will say that one time he did watch La La Land with me and claim that he thought he would be really good at the piano because he can type fast. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe I'll eat my words and he'll be like the next J.P. Sachs and he'll release just a scorcher in response. <laughs> okay, I'm like dead. What about if he's a big RTVP fan and he's like listening to this? And he's like, how fucking dare she? Like, like he didn't know we were going to talk about this. <laughs> like, there goes your biggest fan. Yeah. yeah like, I have uh, like a RTBP exposed party on Twitter, just like Kim did to Taylor. So funny. Okay, let's listen to the song. This is, I feel like I need to be like, dun, 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 or like world premiere. <laughs> you <laughs> like, can edit in some sound effects afterwards. I, I literally can't. Like, I don't have the technical <laughs> skills, but like. Okay, just I can. Pretend. I'll send you a track. Yeah, yeah. Just pretend. I'll send just you pretend. a free track. <laughs> okay. 
Just like what the fuck? What's his name? Henry Small <laughs> <laughs> from ninety eight point three, the river. Yeah. No one's gonna get these. No, these, these are very niche. <laughs> Extremely fucking niche. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm dead. Thank you for playing this song on your podcast. Oh my god, thank you for asking me. It is such an honor. Thanks for chatting with me. Tell the listeners where they can find Ruin It and anything else you want to plug. Think that when this comes out, it will be available for pre-save on Spotify, um, but it will be coming out on October 7th. So if you're listening to this after October 7th, 2022, then you can get it anywhere you get your music. So Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere like that. And it's uh, I'm on like all social media as Kenzie Cates or Kenzie Cates Music. 
And I also have um, an Ampled, which is sort of like Patreon, but specific for musicians. Um, and it's a cooperative model. So it's like, Oh, girl, you're this is why I love you, because you you stand with you're like you stand within your values. <laughs> Thank you. Like truly. But I'm like, <laughs> OK, I'll tell you after. Thank I'll tell you, you after. But like, <laughs> I lo- like I love that. I love that. Thank you. I really I'm a huge fan of Ampled and what they do. And because Spotify pays me point zero zero five seven cents per stream. If you like my music and you would like to support me more, not that it's not meaningful to support me on Spotify, but like perhaps more tangibly for me in terms of like economics, you can become a a supporter on Ampled. Just look me up there. It's Kenzie Cates, (laughs) C-A-T-E-S. Nice. Well, thanks, Kenz, for coming on. Thanks, Tor. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Kenzie for joining me on today's episode. I had so much fun and I hope you did too. Thanks again so much for being here. And I hope you're safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.